This is Noche Galactica. I'm Poeta Galactico, and we're back in the building with another episode about redefining success. We have another special guest in the building. We are in this beautiful space today. Um, it's hot outside. It's been hot this week. It's beautiful in here, though. It's beautiful in here. I feel the AC <laughs> kicking. Um, but without further ado, say we connected about a year ago. Um, I, I knew about you when I had seen your face, uh, you know, being in education, I feel like everybody knows everybody. Uh, but then when I was in San Diego, uh, and I did, I did a speech and then I noticed that you were coming on, I was like, oh, damn, like I've been waiting for this moment, you know, to kind of meet you. I have heard about you, definitely read about the hip hop, the hip hop book that you wrote. Um, and then bam, we met and then we met in Oakland. You tell me I'm in Oakland. And I was like, damn, that's fire. We met at a local coffee shop, Hasta La Muerte, down in Fruville. And then you dropped some like tokens of power for myself that I kind of mm. took and run with it. So I really want to appreciate that. Um, I just want to give you some flowers because that really meant a lot to me in that process of like developing this Camino program that we're going to dive into and talk about how interact uh, intercepts with Creative Hustle, yeah. uh, the book that you co-wrote. But thank you for that. I really want to say that. Oh, man, that's beautiful. First of all, I realized I wasn't holding the mic up here when I did my intro, so I, I can do it again yeah, if you go want. for it. Go for it. Um, but I, I want to pick up on that, too. All right, let me do the intro quick, just because I, I feel bad if you don't have that. That's, That's kind of crucial. Uh, my name is Sam Seidel, at Hustlington on social media. Um, let's see. To introduce myself, I'm a son, a brother, an uncle, a friend, cousin, and in the next week or so, I will have a new identity as a father. Uh, I'm director of K-12 Strategy and Research at the Stanford D School. That D stands for Design. Uh, and I'm author of Hip Hop Genius, Remixing High School Education, and co-author of Hip Hop Genius 2.0, uh, Changing the Conversation About School Safety, and Creative Hustle, Blaze Your Own Path, and Make Work That Matters. It's good to be here. Um, just because you mentioned when yeah. we met and everything, uh, it was that was a special event. I Man, there's so much to say about all this, but for one, you mentioned how small a world it is in education, and I feel like it's a small world in kind of the corner of education that we're in, which is really about like celebrating the brilliance of young people, uh, having cultural awareness, fighting racism, sexism, other forms of oppression, um, and you know, ha grounding learning in real world experience and young people doing work that matters to themselves and their community with each other. And it shouldn't be such a small world. Yeah. I guess that was the point I wanted yeah, to get yeah, to. No, no, like I the agree. fact that we knew, you know, each other, like it's beautiful, but it's also like, I almost wish it was like, man, and I didn't even ever hear you. And like, it's too bad that yeah. we're like, you know, we and it's growing. And that's part of like what I see as your project, yeah. you know, we're both working on. It's like, how do we bring more folks into that, com these conversations? How do we connect folks who are already thinking and doing the work, but maybe not as vocally as ourselves sometimes, yeah. like all of that. So, um, but that that time in San Diego was really special. I mean, hearing you, so I got to hear this guy both do a keynote opening the conference and also rap as like part of a workshop. You know, I just happened to be walking through that big room and you were like on the mic, like performing. And um, that was just cool to see. And it really, you know, connected for me as someone who has been both an educator and an MC. Like, oh, this guy, you know, I meet people, you know, I, we're not the only two, but it's yeah, always yeah. special to like connect with folks who, bridge those worlds and feel as comfortable standing in front of a room doing one as the other. Um, so that was, that was really special. And I'm glad that, you know, you made a point to connect afterwards and we were able to realize like, wow, we live in close proximity and like can actually collaborate more than just at a national conference. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And yeah, I think hip hop and education go hand to hand. I think for me growing up and navigating education, having access to like music and hip hop made me kind of become the person who I am today. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I feel it. And I feel the same way, you know, and that's part of what I have taken on my life work. Like, I think that um, I've been allowed to feel that way in some ways. Like, what I mean being like privilege that I have because of skin color, because of like language, culture, family, like folks were like, oh, that's cool that he like raps and brings it into school in a way that I'm not sure it would have been received um, if I was black or, um, you know, if I was not, you know, both my parents are educators. So like when I was going to public school in the city I grew up in, like people knew me through them and it wasn't necessarily a form of privilege of like being uber wealthy, yeah. but it was a different kind of privilege of like being known in that way and, and you know, embraced. And, um, and then just to bring the language piece in, like when I was teaching in the juvenile prison that I taught in in Rhode Island, they're like, 
there was a sign on the door in one classroom about how many points you would get. Points were not good though. This was like bad points. Okay, bad and, points. and the worst things you could do was physical fighting. Mm -hmm. That was five points. Rapping was five points. Oh, and speaking Spanish. Or maybe it was any language other than English, but I think it said Spanish on the thing was five points. And to me, what that said was like something really powerful about the power of language and art. Why would it be so many points if it didn't matter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, so just anyway, trying to, trying to make the point that like, because it was maybe easier for me to like get away with or to have the, the hip hop stuff that I was doing recognized as intelligence or feel acceptable in education contexts, one of my like, missions in life has been to push the system to recognize that brilliance in everyone even if it's not the like white son of educators who speaks you know whose you know english was his first language and you know all these things that like kind of made it so that i could get away with that like trying to push on those um constraints and say like every young person's brilliance should get recognized um so no, I appreciate that. And I think just to pivot into like next question like I wanted to ask you is really about redefining success, right? And in this process of you naming, pushing the boundary in education with hip hop and, and your upbringings and what you're doing, I think here in Noche Galactica, one thing that I encountered a couple of years ago is that the lane that I'm on with, and we also going to touch into our creative puzzle, basically your own path, is that sometimes it feels lonely as I walk to this lane of success. But when I read your book, I was like, wait, there's a lot of people out here yeah. and it made me feel in community to be part of a, a group of folks who I reached out to and I was like, yo, like, I, I appreciate what you wrote in that book, like was dope. Um, but I just, before we dive into that, though, with defining success pieces, I like to ask people like, what is success for you at this stage in your life, mm. right? Um, when it comes to, you know, it can be education, it can be your, you, congratulations, you're about to be a dad. I feel like that's super transformational yes, and a yeah. new identity for yourself. But as a whole, like, what do you define um, success? And I give you some think time. I can tell you my definition yeah, of success yeah, at, this, at this point in, in life. It's really around peace of mind. Like, growing up, I, I was always on the survival mode, always in this, like, I got to go, 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 go. Um, and never had the time to pause and really do creative stuff, right? Yeah. It was always just about, like, I got to survive the next day. Yeah. But now I'm like, peace of mind is success to me. That's what brings me a, a balance. That's what brings me joy and infuse my creativity to tap in with people who are doing similar work and continue to elevate the narrative and push those boundaries. So with that, with that being said, what, what, is, what is success for you at this point in your life um, in this journey that you're on? That's interesting the way that, that it just landed. One, I, I really appreciate your peace of mind like definition, and that resonates for me. Like, cause you can have all sorts of like accolades and, and whatever else come your way. And if you're still living all the time in stress and anxiety or whatnot, like, all right, is that success? Um, I think for me, it has to include like moving the needle um, in a positive way beyond my own little orbit, if that makes sense. You know, I think about the like that, um, ML Qua MLK quote about um, the arc of the moral universe being long, but bending toward justice. And like, I, I, this is not my thought. I've heard many people say it, but like, we got to bend it toward justice. It doesn't just bend to justice. You know, that's, that's, I mean, people may interpret the quote many ways, but I've, I've always appreciated this interpretation that's like, it bends toward justice because we bend it. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, for me, part of success is like, um, Am I helping to bend that arc toward justice? And I think maybe I'd add the peace of mind. Like, am I doing that? Mm. Am I helping to bend the arc of the moral universe or any universe toward justice? And am I experiencing peace of mind in the process? Peace of mind, body, soul, all that. Yeah. And if, it, if I'm doing both those, I don't know what more, you know, what more could I hope for? Um, you know, the subtitle of Creative Hustle is blaze your own path and make work that matters. To me, that's a definition of success. Like if you're doing things your way, you're not just following what society told you you have to do. You're blazing your own path and you're making something that matters. Now we didn't say matters to yourself, matters to just your family, matters to the entire world. We left that kind of open because it may be 
one or the other or some of all of those things, but it matters. You know, it's significant. It's, it's um, you know, hopefully it's like putting food on your table and kind of fulfilling those, you mentioned survival. Yeah. Um, and then also like having some resonance and impact in the world for whomever. So, you know, to me, that's, that's a successful life. That's a successful career. And to do that with peace of mind is like, you know, that's, is, is that duality, that yin and yang, where you got to have both, you know, peace of mind, you got to do some of that I, work? I, th I think maybe, but, and like, my hope is that it's not like a zero sum game mm -hmm. where like, I have to choose, like, I have to um, toggle between sort of peace of mind and like, like to me, like the fact that I love talking to you, yeah. to me, that's peace of mind. It's like enjoyable, it's recreation yeah. and hopefully it's impact. You know, hopefully, like the conversation we have can can pay something forward for someone, can spark something for someone. Maybe it's because they're so inspired. Maybe it's because they're so annoyed or aggravated <laughs> at something we said that yeah. they go make their own podcast yeah. that yeah. changes a bunch of minds, right? But I guess I'm trying to see life as like not as many binary choices mm -hmm. and more like, are there things I can do that are highly enjoyable that bring me peace of mind, and also are having these other impacts, um, and maybe sometimes. The answer is no. Sometimes I got to like sleep or like, you know, enjoying a good walk, book, beverage, whatever. Like it's just that's that recharge zone and it doesn't have to have some big, huge purpose for the rest of the world. So I'm not trying to say everything has to be both, yeah. but I, I guess I also want to challenge myself at least to not assume that they can't be both, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. And just to give you like an analogous yeah. example. Um, I've had the privilege of working with this amazing architect, uh, amazing human who happens to be an architect, Barry Spiegels, uh, on this school safety project that we've worked on for a few years together. And he designed the school that was built in um, Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook after there was a horrible school shooting yeah. there. And his firm got, like, got hired to build a brand new building. And one of the things that I learned from a lot of conversation with him was like, a lot of people approach it like you can either have a school that's beautiful and joyful and a place that is optimized for learning, mm -hmm. or you can have a school that's physically safe. Mm. In other words, the second one would be metal detectors, concrete everywhere, bars over windows. Now no intruder can get in. Yeah. They would never get past the front entrance, but kids feel like they're in a prison. Yeah. And it's not sparking imagination. There's not natural light and plant life. There's not any of these things. And then on the other end, you'd have this beautiful open space with huge windows and air flowing in and out. Mm -hmm. But the assumption being like, then it's um, unsafe, unsafe. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's uh, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And part of what, what has inspired me so much about Barry and his firm's work is that they refused to accept that you had to make those trade-offs, right? I love that. And they did these really ingenious things. I won't turn this whole yeah. podcast into <laughs> yeah, a thing yeah, about yeah, yeah. But they did things like you know, figured out that, well, you could put like a bioswale around the building mm. that's really beautiful aesthetically that can be a kind of natural classroom to, to yeah. go out and study, you know, science out there. Also, that makes it so that even the first floor windows is above where like an adult mm. can stand. So you can have floor to ceiling windows and it's not like someone could come right up to the window yeah. and do anything. So it's like, you don't always have to choose. You could have like, it's beautiful. It has the joy and the nature yeah. and the learning. And it, it's as safe, if not safer. Mm. Um, and I think that I'm trying to take inspiration from that in like everything I do. Like, what if it's not a choice? Yeah. What if it's not like make a One difference the in the world or make money or like honor your culture or learn the academics you're supposed to learn? Like, sometimes yeah. it might be, but yeah. what if it, it doesn't always have to be? And like, where can we find the opportunities where we can do both and actually like better yeah. than if we like are like, well, we get 10 minutes for this one and then we have 10 minutes of that one. And like this kind of like frenetic, Switch off. It makes me think about like coexisting, you know, like coexistence in, between the two worlds uh, and just creating a new one in a sense that really serves the purpose for both of those two things, right? It also makes me feel like a feature. There's two rappers, right? <laughs> and then it makes me feel like we make different music, but we come together and it's like something even more powerful, mm. right? So approaching it from the angle of music too, like I see it. I, I, when, when you're speaking, I can, I can vividly see it and it you just make me feel really good about people doing the work of not leaning to one side or the other, like finding a way to create something new that maybe it hasn't existed before. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that like creating of something new that's especially that's a mashup of like pre-existing yeah. things that maybe did exist. 
you know, that's like sample and remix yeah. kind of stuff from hip hop culture. It's just, you know, I think a lot about what, what gives me energy and what drains energy. Mm. Doing that gives me energy, mm. even if I'm tired. But if we start chopping up yeah. some stuff, whether it's music related or youth program system related, yeah. and we're like, wow, if we take this component and put it with this and like, I just start to feel more energy. Mm -hmm. um, and so like I pay attention to that and that, that often guides me. I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm, this is feeding me. This is boosting my energy. Like let me lean more in this direction. Right. And, and that act of like pulling new pieces together and combining them in new ways gives me that energy. That's what's up. I love it. Staying on course. Let's talk <laughs> about Creative Hustle. Creative Hustle, talk to me. I have some stories about Creative Hustle. But before we dive in, uh, give us a quick breakdown of like where the idea was born, what was the, the project behind it, people behind it. I know you're the co-author of it. Yeah. Talk to us about this Creative Hustle, Blaze Your Own Path. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to do so. I can't talk about Creative Hustle without shouting out my brother, Olatunde Shabomahin, co-author of the book, co-designer of the course. Like the whole thing has been uh, an experience in collaboration and I'm just extremely grateful and um, couldn't be a bigger fan of Tunde. So have to shout him out heavy. And everything that I might be about to say about Creative Hustle, please like attribute 50% or greater to, to his brilliance, his experience, his language, all of that. Um, and then also shouting out the incredible artists we collaborated with on the book. So the book is like a, probably at least a third imagery, not text. Yep, yep. That's photographs from our brother Squint. That's illustrations from Jory Titus. That's hand lettering. Um, by Hope Meng, who did the cover, but also like several spreads mm -hmm. throughout the book. And some are even mashups where it's like mm -hmm. Squint's photos showing through Hope's letters. Mm -hmm. So they've helped me like conceptualize what this whole thing is. And then like there's this whole team at the D School, Scott Dorley and Jen Brown um, and others uh, who saw the vision, like in some ways, like Tunde and I didn't think of it as a book. So to ask, answer more directly your yeah. question now, started as a class. And Tunde and I were interested in what would it look like to do a class, and maybe this is that two-world thing again, like what would it look like to do a class that was 50% um, Stanford students and 50% students from Street Code Academy, which is an organization and a community that um, Tunde is one of the founders of. Um, and they're geographically close, but in many ways worlds apart, and we were interested in bringing them together. And we had done some experiments in bringing them together. Like I had brought a bunch of education grant makers who were at an institute at Stanford over to Street Code. Uh, Tunde had brought Street Code community students, instructors over to the D school for some things. But there was never like 50-50. It was like one per it's like somebody's visiting someone else's world. And there's all types of interesting and complicated power dynamics that come up in those kind of things. Um, so We'd had some reps of like different ways of bringing people into these spaces. Um, and I think he and I really connected on the fact that like we both have lived our lives with like feet in each world, like not being all in one community or another, but like moving betwixt and between. So he went to Stanford and was like in EPA, but also a student at Stanford. Um, you know, I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I'm going to Cambridge Public Schools, cutting through the Harvard campus to get to my high school, you know, so it's like the kind of town gown, like yep. being in both worlds of these things. And so that's just something we always connected on and we wanted to lean into it and be like, what happens if we really like think about that? And then it was like, what could we possibly teach or share or what could we create the conditions to learn bringing together the, these um, students from each of these communities? And I, I can't quite remember how we got exactly to this phrase, but it was basically like kind of what inspires us and what we aspire to do in the world. And like wanting to share things that we had found incredibly valuable. So for instance, some of the stories that now are in the book, but started being stories in the class were like, wow, like the fact that I know Bryant Terry and have been able to learn about his journey and have a friendship with him where he's put me on to sort of how he did certain things has like unlocked stuff for me in my life. What if more people could, know him the way that I do or know him in a way, you know? And so it was like, we invited him to be a guest speaker in the class. We were like, what just happens if we just kind of put some of the gems he shared with me personally in a public forum and let people run with it and interpret and take meaning out of it. Um, so we picked three people, uh, Bryant, who I just mentioned, Squint, who did the photographs in the book, but is also featured in the book and Lane Bruzek. And we invited them in for a night 
just to share their stories. How did they do the interesting things they'd done in the world as uh, creative change makers? And then we actually, the course was really the students then unpacking those stories. And we asked them, like, what were the skills that they, that you heard them talk about building? What were the networks or like communities? Um, what, what was the kind of mindset stuff that they had to do? Like, we were just trying to like unpack um, the creative hustle. And from that process, we, we kind of came to a deeper understanding of like what we think creative hustle is composed of. Um, and then uh, when we got invited to do this book as part of a series coming out of the Stanford D School, we were like, okay, we, we, we know the like breadcrumbs to start from. To us, that was like, we, we had heard like, you got to have these like strong principles that you live by. You got to really think about the people you surround yourself with and how you do that. Um, and you got to like build routines, habits, practices. We were like, now let's go interview a whole bunch more people and see what their versions of that are. Um, and see, test kind of both two things, like test, are we right? Are those kind of the three main pieces here? That was what, what we were thinking coming out of the class. And then also like, what more can we learn kind of underneath those big kind of lofty ideas? Um, and that's what led us to, to the book that we got. So, you know, it is organized around those three big things, um, but we got a lot more specifics. Our, our goal was to balance inspiration and practice. So like, we, we wanted you to feel super inspired as a reader. We also wanted you to have stuff to do. And it wouldn't have felt great if you were like, man, all these people are so amazing. Too bad, I don't, uh, you know, yeah. or you know, like, I can never do it, or I wish I knew how they did, you know. We want you to feel like, all these people are so amazing. Oh, snap, if I, I can get started on, some, on these things, like right here. So that's why every chapter ends with like some things to try. Mm -hmm. And then each section of the book ends with like a bigger kind of activity prompt. Is like, it's almost us like reaching out of the pages and trying to grab you and be like, like, let's go, let's do it. Like, come on, let's, let's not just sit back in the chair and read it. Like, let's, let's go and, and make something happen. And, you know, that was easier to do in a classroom with a bunch of people live. It's harder to do when it's like a stack of paper. So we had to get more like, um, you know, crafty or something, you know, like, okay, there's activities. You turn the book sideways sometimes to do something different. Like we were like, how can we really like snap someone out of a passive reading experience and put them into action mode so that's what that was the the goal there I, I yes yes go go get creative hustle go get it uh i, I just want to share a couple of stories about creative hustle. man i would love um, i would love that about creative hustle and and how it has impacted me and and also like the community that i pass on the book that you gave me so when i met you uh we met at the fruitvale uh, in east oakland and um you know i started talking about creative hustle i have gone to the website i had read a little bit about the stories of folks there and then you gave me the book. Um, I started to read the book. Amazing stories, amazing tools. I'm big on like human centered design. I feel like that book is really about that. Like it puts the human in the front as a driver, and then it tells you go and do it. Figure it out. Everyone, I think everyone is a creative. You know, like everybody can be out there and make it happen. And it's like a one on one of how to do it. Um, and then I really started to think about this Camino program. Camino program is a community initiative that I co-founded with a couple of, of other people who are amazing, Aureli and Vanessa in the building. Um, and it really started to think about Creative Hustle is also Camino program, you know? Yeah. Uh, Camino program is catered for migrant youth 16 to 24 who are trying to figure out themselves in life in this country. Maybe they're first gen, maybe they're new to this country, maybe they're undocumented, and they're just trying to figure out what it is. So when I read the book, I was like, Create your own path, blazing your own path. There's so much syncrasy here. I love it. Uh, read the book, and Camino Program is about to launch. You know, September 18. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I feel that meeting with you and reading the book gave me that motivation to keep going. I kept finding I was knocking on doors, and and people were just kind of like, maybe in the future, go figure it out, redesign a little bit really get down to like the core values of what your project's about. And in my eyes, it felt like it was already there. But for them, it wasn't. But it didn't stop me. And then when I met with you, gave me the book, I read the book, and I was just like, I'm on the right track. I think earlier you talked about this energy of like leaning towards this energy that gives you more energy. I feel like meeting with you, reading that book, gave me that energy, seeing people who also looked like me in the book, gave me extra energy to continue to go and just grab it and snatch it and keep going in life. So 
I just want to share that story. And then I passed that book to one of my really, really good friends. And she had the same experience where she said, yo, the worksheet got me on fire. Like I'm writing about my life. It's helping me develop my myself, grow. And now she's using that in her work as a family organizer uh, with families in all around East Oakland to talk about like how you can find your purpose in life, how you can keep going, motivation, tap into routines so you can continue to move in this world. So I just want to say that, uh, not to throw hella flowers, but say that something that started from a place of like, let's figure this out. Let's see what it is, is what it sounds like. It's impacting people. Yeah. I think a really like major level, you know, and, and I don't know if you know that maybe you do, right? Maybe it's on your website stories, but it has given people like, damn, like I'm a creator. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, for, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think we are hearing a lot of stories like that and it's important to hear them and, and not just like hear them pass by, but like sit with them. Um, I mean, one, of course it feels good. It feels good. You know, we worked really hard. That was a lot of Saturdays, you know, where we were sitting, you know, this was the height of the pandemic. Like we're sitting, we didn't get to collaborate in person almost at all in the book. It was like different places, but you know, sitting on zoom, you know, Tunde has got four kids and a, a wife and, you know, um, just during this time I was getting married and like all this. And so we, we locked ourselves in rooms for four hours every Saturday and a couple hours, I think it was Wednesdays. And, you know, then we were working on writing other times too. And like, so just on one level, it feels good to just be like, okay, that had a purpose. And like, it's, it's paying, it's, it's paying off in a sense, or it's, it's benefiting people. Honestly, I would have I would have done it anyway. Just the time with him was great. The time to think was great. But it feels really good to know that like that, in some sense, sacrifice or or time we took away from loved ones or whatnot, um, is having an impact. Feels really good. It's also, I'm trying to get better at sitting with and feeling even good about having power in the world. I think particularly as like someone with so many forms of privilege, sometimes I'm like, oh, power, I want to get away. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and this is good power, like the power to um, help someone see something as possible or help someone, um, you know, build up a practice that they've been wanting to build or to feel inspired. Like that's a power I want to move toward, you know, and like embrace. And so it's just helpful to be like, yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. You felt something you didn't feel before you picked up the book or that you had felt before, but it tapped you back into or whatnot you know, that you're sharing it with people and, and it's having that kind of impact. So I'm trying to really like sit with those stories, not reject them or run away from them. Um, you know, I do a lot of facilitation yeah. of like workshops and whatnot. And I notice like we'll do feedback at the end, pluses and like deltas, mm -hmm. deltas being things you would change. Sometimes like after if someone's like, what were the deltas? I can be like, da, 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 da. They'll be like, what was the pluses? I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot to look at those. Mm -hmm. Like I was so focused on what to change, how to be better, what I lack, you know, whatever. I didn't even look at the flowers, you know, I didn't. And, and that's a mistake on my part. One, if I want to sustain my energy in this work, I think I need some encouragement. But two, I might mess around and take away something that nine people said they loved because one person said there was something they didn't like. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a liability to not pay attention to the kind of positive impacts alongside what could have been better or negative impacts. And so thank you for the story. And I'm really working to like hear those stories and sit with them and hold them and not dismiss them and be like, but what's the one hater somewhere on the internet saying, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really important. And it's not been always my orientation. I think I'm like, have some of those perfectionist tendencies. So it's like, my, I feel an urge to be like, but what, what could have been better, yeah. you know, like, which I would be curious to hear your take on, but um, I'm trying to just also like take that in. So thank you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. It sounds like it's a process. You know, I feel like when we, when we get flowers, when we get all this, like, in the sense of validation for the work that we've been doing, it's hard sometimes because we, we want it to be about the people, about the people that were in it, about the people who collaborated and made it right. happen. But it's also like special for you to take that. Um, I think a, a little anecdote is that I also was a co-founder of this like magazine back in 2019, 
it's called Noche Galactica, find your galaxy. It was about finding your path in life. Whoa. So I did a little project-based learning with folks who I interviewed in my community. They wrote their story of like finding the, their galaxy, finding their star. And then I put with that magazine, did a launch event in Oakland, and then a couple of weeks later, I ended up in Tokyo, Japan, doing a pop-up event right over there. Um, and there was people saying, yo, this changed my life. When I read this, it was amazing. And I, I, can, I feel like I feel this energy of like, no, it wasn't just me. Like, right. it was, it's not about me, but tell me how we can make it better because I want to impact more people through this, through this vehicle, right? right? So I can definitely relate. Sometimes it's hard to take those flowers, but it's needed to keep moving forward in life and, and do more amazing things and creative things. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. And, I, you know, I guess there's different ways to receive flowers, right? You can receive them and surround yourself with them and have that really cloud your vision. Like, I can't see what's going on out there because yeah. there's so much flowers around. And, and that's dangerous, you know? And I see, I think like um, that can become a liability um, because you really are missing what's going on and opportunities where you could have benefited someone, but you were so surrounded by these bouquets, right? Um, but there's the other thing of like not seeing them at all. And that's not good either. So like there's, there's a balance there. And, you know, definitely like whenever I hear something positive about the book, as I started with, it's like, it's, I think of that as a reflection on Tunde on, you know, all these people that we collaborated with. And of course, like the book centers on nine people. There's like chapter, full chapters dedicated to these nine individuals. So, so much of what the book is, is about what they did that's inspiring. We could have put better or worse words to it or chosen a different story because they all have a lot of great stories and we had to pick like one or two. Um, but it's so much about them and like that so much of, especially the inspiration side of it really comes from like these incredible individuals um, that we get to profile. So any flower is well distributed, you know, well distributed. Distributed. there's a lot of petals going around. Yeah, to like going the, around, yeah. shout out to everybody who was in the book, made yes. it happen, it was amazing. Yes, it was yeah, I mean, and you know, you could have been in there, like there's so many people that if we were to do either another book or a podcast or something like the, one of the, the tensions that Tunde and I were holding was like, yes, these people are like ridiculously accomplished and yeah. cool, you know, fresh and just, we want to shine a light on them very intentionally because we like think they're amazing. And like, we don't want to create the perception that this is a rarity. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> what you just described with like, what was the galaxy pathway? Find your galaxy. Find, yeah. find, finding your galaxy, what you're doing with this podcast, what you're doing with Camino. Like, you know, and, and as special a dude as you are, there's like, you know, we know so many people. We could start listing like these incredible people that we are surrounded by who are exemplifying creative hustle. And so it's a balance to me of like, yeah, the folks in the book are like ridiculous. Like they're, you know, I'm, I, I, I stand by every yeah, one of those yeah. choices. Like they're, I'm so glad that their stories are being seen and heard, you know, read by a lot of people. And... Like there's so many other people and I never would want the, somebody to put the book down and be like, oh, that's a rarity. Yeah, like the yeah. whole point is like, we can all do this and we all need to, like the stakes are high. Like there's some stuff in this world that really needs to get worked on. And if we jump into the paths that are kind of most expected for us, we're not going to tackle a lot of those things. So we need, we actually need to be blazing our own path. We need to be triangulating off of each other and remixing and forming different kind of collectives yeah. and rocking in that way and so it would be very counter to that for anyone to read it and be like oh these are these phenomenal people yeah that's i'll never be like that's that's that we failed if anybody puts it down feeling mm. that way I, I i love that shout out to them and i love what you're saying about this like different creating a different collaborations it often feels like uncharted territory right like you're tapping into something that's like no one has done this before but i feel like now is the time to create that yeah to tap into yeah. those spaces yeah you know like yeah i i think earlier i alluded to like you and i coming from different backgrounds sitting here and doing this podcast that to me is uncharted territory yeah right like it's it's just fire well, like i just love it it's funny you said fire because again to go back to the subtitle of the book blaze your own path yep. and one of the things i love about that word blaze is it has that kind of fire yep. connotation you know it's also like trailblazing mm -hmm. um it's hot it's hot and it and it really is like you're cutting through some wilderness that maybe hasn't been cut through before or it's been cut through every which way but you're like really establishing more of a path the person behind you is going to see where you push down some of the 
you know, green, you know, ground cover. They're going to see the footprints. They're going to see the mark on the tree that you left so that they can be like, oh, this is a path like this, you know, and, and so there's like a, as you were talking, it was making me really, we went back and forth on a million different subtitle language, you know, how we had to phrase yeah, it. Yeah. And it was making me feel really excited that we chose blaze your own path because it really, it is about that. And it, and, and, and like, as you said, what we're doing here is a version of that. It's like, you know, okay, we're trampling through the woods and hopefully the folks coming right behind us, they'll be able to see where we trampled and, you know, get through this part a little easier. And then they may take on a challenge we haven't taken on yet and start, you know, blazing up that way. So, um, I, I'm going to spend one more, one more comment on this and then okay. I want to hear what's next about creative okay. hustle. But often, um, I come across people saying we have to change the system. The system doesn't work for us. And, um, we got to create something different. Yeah. I want to say that creative hustle is a vehicle to create something different, to change the system, to make collaborations with folks, elevate the stories, but also give tools to people to find a way to navigate life. To me, that's how I took it as I was reading it. I was like, this is like a, like a map to like try to change a system that hasn't been working for me or people who look like me, but now have this like access in this window that I can tap into and create my own path. So that's what resonated with me the most of like, yeah. there's something here yeah. that I can create a different system, a different way to get there, you know? Yeah, thanks for that. Um... It's funny. I met this guy years ago, Frank Wilson. He wrote a book about the hand or, or he, what he said to me was, I wrote a book that I thought was about the connection between the hand and the mind. He said, no, sorry. He said, I spent 10 years writing a book that I thought was about the connection between the hand and the mind. And then I spent the next 10 years with people telling me what it was actually about. Mm. And I always loved that. And that's how I felt with Hip Hop Genius. It's yeah. like, I thought it was one thing. And then you go around the world and you talk to people and you present and then they tell you what it was really about. Yeah. And somewhat I was right and somewhat I didn't even know what it was about and that's a whole other topic but um hearing you say that makes me think of creative hustle in a new way as like a kind of anti-system system or like a system outside the system yeah. or trying to like kind of build a scaffolding for folks who are like working outside the building if that makes sense um yeah I don't think we ever said it in those terms when we were like setting out to work on it mm -hmm. um or throughout the process but I do think it, that that is in the totally in the heart and the spirit of what we always wanted it to be. So thank you for articulating it that way and giving me a new lens through which to see what it was no. we did. It kind of in the spirit of what Frank said to me all those years ago. For sure. No, no. Thank you for that. And thank you for giving me the book. Um, talking about the book, what is next for Creative Festival? Where do you see it moving towards? What's yeah. the movement there? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, I mean, I'll say a couple thoughts and then I'd love to actually yeah. like flip it back to you to see like, what do you want it to be? You know, what, what do you think the world needs most? Um, one, we've just been having a blast, like sharing it and just learning things like this. Like, how is it landing for folks? What is it unlocking? What is, what is it bringing them up to the precipice of all this stuff? Um, so we're in that phase. October will be a year anniversary of the book coming out. So we're going to launch a new website related to the book, um, somewhat just sharing a bunch of what's happened in the last year. We've done a lot of events, um, live, like in-person events, as well as online events. Um, we've, uh, we've, we've done um, a bunch of like over 30 podcasts with talking about the book, um, you know, on other people's shows, yep, but just yep. being like invited in to talk about it. Um, none of that's on our current site, you know, so we want to like share that. And then also, um, we're doing like longer term work with mm. people in communities, like incorporating, basically making, so we, we've been, we've danced around a little, but we haven't said directly in this conversation, yeah. like kind of the heart of the book in some ways is this gifts to goals canvas that um, invites people to think about with a bunch of prompts and yep. hopefully help. Like what are the gifts that you have either innately perhaps, or like have cultivated um, and then what are the goals that, that, what do you really want to see happen in the world? And then we like use the book to help like travel from one side of that to the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've been working with educators both in and out of schools on essentially turning that into curriculum mm -hmm. and like what can go into each of those parts. So like we, um, Tunde was actually just telling me about a conversation he was having with an educator that was like, I'm going to use that with my students. Um, but 
not but, and like under gifts, we're going to do strengths finder analysis um, or assessment or whatever it's called. And like to help inform gifts, that's fresh. Yeah. Like, you know, what, and that's not the only thing you could do in that mm -hmm. area by any stretch, but like, I love like the going deeper, right? So it's like, we can do an hour or two hour gifts to goals workshop and take people through that whole canvas. Mm -hmm. What does it look like if you made that a year? Mm. And that's when, when you first told me about Camino, I kind of think that's what you were saying. Yeah. Not that you were going to base it on our particular yeah, framework, yeah, yeah. but basically like that's the curriculum. It's yeah. like helping young people like get better and better at defining their strengths and their gifts and their passions. And then like how those can like take them toward their version of yep. success, their answer to your first question. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't have like a world domination plan with create, like yeah. everyone needs to talk about that in the <laughs> five terms that we use. Like that's, that's, I don't feel that. However, if what we do have in there can be helpful for some people who are trying to, I want everyone to be having that conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. one way or the other. So if any of that is useful, either as an overall framework or some of the prompts within each of the areas or the stories that we tell, like I would love to keep working with folks mm -hmm. on that. So will we do like one-off keynote kind of things like, or hour long workshops? Like, yeah, I think we'll keep doing those. I think we're both interested in leaning toward the like deeper engagement. What does it look like? excuse me, to work with a group of educators in Eugene, Oregon, who are starting a new program and help them build their first whole mo module around that creative hustle gifts to goals. Um, that's something we really, we were just up there and like mm -hmm. spent a few days with them and it was really inspiring and got us thinking in new ways. Um, so w when I think about what's next, I think it's more of that deeper work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some more just getting what we already have out there to folks, but I think we're going to lean pretty heavy on like, what are some communities where we can dig in and folks are going to like take it and run with it and push it in both like breadth and depth that we haven't previously um, considered or maybe we've considered but haven't had the chance to implement. Um, so I think that that's the next season in a lot of ways. Um, but we have also been talking about like media, yeah. you know, like I would love to do a streaming series mm -hmm. of just the nine people we profiled in the book. They're just... There's so much that, you know, we've gotten to have by sitting in their living room or their backyard or their office um, that, you know, we tried to get it into the book, but it, like to have audio and video would just be an incredible uh, addition. Um, so podcast or streaming series, that kind of stuff, like I would love to see that happen. Yeah. Um, I'm not like dedicating all my energy right now to executing yeah. those things, but um if, if those opportunities present themselves, like I would, I would really love to see them because I think they could just continue to reach a lot more people. And, you know, some people aren't going to pick up a book. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, like bring other elements in of really seeing the environment, getting to hear the way that person talks and, you know, the lilts in there, you know, I mean, the, the people are just so dope that like, it would, it would be great to share even more. And then of course, open that up beyond those nine, mm -hmm. like, you know, what, what would it look like to start bringing in, you know, your story and, mm -hmm. you know, all these amazing, you know, individuals that we know. Um, so th that would be a really cool next kind of like production for us um, if the opportunity presents itself. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, when you say about bring, I, I love the idea of like curriculum in schools, right? Uh, because I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a new approach to like education and like really getting at the core and, and, and within that helping kids get motivated about their ambitions in life and their goals to the future. So I love that. And in the media piece, I feel like what comes to mind is like a small documentary about like each individual person, you know, it has to be long, but like five minutes about who they are and what they're doing and after the book, like where they add and what they're accomplished. Um, it also makes me think about this, it just is a metaphor, maybe an analogy of when I was growing up, I used to listen to a lot of tracks, hip hop tracks. And then there was, there will be another track with the same beat with more people on there. Right. And it was like more features, more features. So I, you know, I wonder if Creative Hustle, the main track is this book. And now the next version is like, there's the whole gang of folks who are also doing Creative Hustle. And now there's a remix to this, you know, like putting a twist to it. Oh, yeah. now it becomes like this, like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever, I'm sure you have listened to some of those tracks of like, Little Wayne, and it was just him, and then eventually it was like think about Millie, Millie, Millie and yeah. then everybody but jumped see, on the Millie track. It's kind of two ways in, so it's interesting. You I, that was why I was thinking about because Millie, that was a beat. I remember I bought a like a CD. This is you know kind of dates where, where yeah. you know how old we are, but I bought a CD on the street 
all different for people on the Millie beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like 32 tracks or something. <laughs> um, I love that. Or like, you know, I remember Beamer, Benz, or Bentley yep. became Nissan, Honda, Chevy, <laughs> yeah. became, it was like subway bus or walking, <laughs> you know, became like, you know, people took in all these great directions. But the interesting thing is like, so there's like sanctioned remixes. Mm-hmm. So there's like some songs that might be like, the first version is Lil yeah. Wayne and then the official remix comes out and it has Drake and Nicki Minaj yeah. on it. And then there's others where people just got the beat and just yeah. did their thing. And it's kind of interesting. Like we don't really have that for publishing, I don't think, unless mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of what it is, where like you take Creative Hustle and put out your, you just hop on their Creative Hustle beat. Yeah. Like that doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the whole copyright law right. kind of like, discourages it but that exists in music too yeah it's interesting to think like what would that look like like what would the creative hustle remix whether it's like sanctioned and put out by the publisher yeah which would be like the label and the music yeah. kind of example or it's more like someone got their hands on the instrumental and just ran with it and i love thinking about like what would that look like and yeah. like in some ways it's like that would be like the highest form of flattery mm-hmm. to like have someone come to me like you, you see this guy he's putting out creative hustle and it says all your they're using your graphics but then yeah. they're telling stories of these other people it's like yeah. wow like that's a sign of like that it resonated and like that somebody wanted to do that and saw it as like a platform you know uh it would be a huge compliment so I, i'm intrigued by that and i think we would have probably had to think ahead more yeah, yeah, yeah. to make the book in a way that was yeah. more easily remixable yeah, yeah, yeah. or like jump jump on a bull in that yeah. way but i love that as like a what would that look like and how could we actually encourage it you know because ultimately like that was a great like that was great for that for that was great for wayne and for that you know that song that like so many people ran with that beat because it, it you know it it just elevated it as like a cultural moment not just his verses but like it became this much bigger thing yeah. and, and so if we're trying if we're talking about making an impact in the world it's like the more folks felt comfortable to do that yeah. the more impact it would have yeah. No, I, I say that because being a, uh, a person who writes poetry and listens to beats, when I hear a beat, it gives me an energy to jump on it. Yeah. And I feel like... I, I had a Millie verse. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like Creative Hustle does that in a way, mm-hmm. right? That's dope. It yeah. does that in a way to like, oh, what? I want to jump on this. Yeah. I want to get on this. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, just a thought that came to mind of like, man, that could be a remix of like people everywhere throughout the world doing their own creative hustle remix. Uh, mm. Yeah. What, I mean, could we, uh, maybe I've taken it too far yeah. or in the wrong direction, but could we like even make a kit that made that possible? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like what would that, what would you need yeah. in order to produce your own creative hustle track? Yeah, I think it is, uh, and, and we gonna dive into a little design here, but I feel like for me it has to come with like very intentional tools, right? Like the, the form, the sheet, the book, some swag, right? It creates this mm-hmm. like ambiance and experience for you to like really fully invest in this. Yeah. And then being part of a community of like creative, creative hustlers. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the book will have to have like a video of how to do it, an audio, maybe a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like a script, very visual. I love the visuals in, in the book, yeah. very like detailed, like this is what's next. So people can kind of follow that journey and that path, that blazing path. Mm-hmm. of like how to create your own create uh creative hustle yeah so i'm almost hearing like you create a template mm-hmm. that folks can then fill in and almost and probably like one of the signs of success is that people break the template yep. you know what i mean it's like you try to say like it works really well if you put the image here and then you kind of start with one anecdote and go into a lesson and da da, da and do it all within 750 words yeah. and then someone's going to come along and be like no i'm going to put the image over here and start with the lesson and then mm-hmm. go to the story and you know, on some level, for Tunde or me, we might be looking at it like, ooh, you could have yeah. did it this other way. But actually, it's like, that's them owning it. Mm-hmm. And that's them, like, figure blazing their own path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's them remixing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been a great conversation. We're up to, like, th- like an hour. I just want to close it by saying thank you so much. And where can people find Creative Hustle? Like, where can people get in touch with, like, this movement? Because um, we're going to be tagging you in in the Instagram and socials out here. Yeah. Uh, so tag us in on social. It's uh, on Instagram at It's Creative Hustle. Um, and then again, I'm at Hustlington. Tunde is at Coach Tunde. Um, Squint is at I Am Squint. 
Uh, and shoot, I think Jory is at Sincerely Jory, and I think Hope is at, at Hope Meng or at Hope Meng Designs. That's great memory. Um, <laughs> I know, it's hard to do it off top, but every, every one of those is like worth a follow. Amazing. Um, but then creativehustle.org is where you can get a lot of info on the book, a short video, um, and just links out from there to the social and all that. Um, and dschool.stanford.edu, I think it's slash books, but definitely if you go to dschool.stanford.edu and then um, there's a book thing right up top mm. is a great place to find because it's part, like I said earlier, it's a part of a series yep. of a whole bunch of really great books that are all kind of different ways in on thinking about design. Um, and so that's a cool way to sort of see Creative Hustle in the context of this set of guidebooks that it's a part of. Um, so definitely recommend checking that out. Um, sure. yeah. you know, thank you for that. And then the last question we ask our guests is, what is one token of power we, you hope that the listener takes with them from our conversation? One token of power. Hmm. Well, it's funny that the phrase you used is token of power. And earlier in the conversation, I was talking about um, having a complicated relationship with power. And so I'm going to use it as an opportunity to say, like, I think interrogate your relationship with power. Don't be power hungry, uh, but don't run from power. Like, I you know, find and live in your power responsibly. We need you to do that. We need all of us to do that. Um, and I think it's hard, man. I think it's really hard to um, get the right balance in that relationship. Um, so that would be that would be a token of power. I appreciate token you. on power. Talking on power. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being. In Noche Galactica, it's been a pleasure. I feel like we always have some really deep conversations. Uh, anything else you want to share with the public? Um, this is your space. I think I just want to thank you for doing this. Um, I don't mean this interview with me. I mean, like, what you're building here. Um, you know, I've enjoyed getting to see some of the interviews you put up. And um, it's a gift, right? Because you, we've had several conversations, mostly sitting outside Hasta Muerte. But, like, those are just, you know, for us, which is cool, too. Yeah. But to every once in a while, open it up and say, like, man, like, maybe there's something here that, that others could find value. And not even, that makes it sound more happenstance. You're intentional about trying to create something that will have value for others in terms of how you structure the questions, how you set this space up, you know, how you then chop this up and put it out. And it's, it's, it's a pretty generous thing you're doing. And I think you're doing it with, like, a real sensitivity to um, the audience that you hope to serve. And so just want to give you props for, um, for doing that, for having the vision, but then also the execution um, and, and for sticking with it because it, it, it builds over time, right? And you're building this library of stuff. You're building like your own kind of skill set around how to do it and chop it and put it out. Um, so just want to appreciate that and really lift you up as, like, I've, as I've said a few times in the conversation, like a living example of what Tunde and I are so desperately trying to get folks to, to feel and do. So just thank you. No, no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I would take the flowers. I would yeah. take that. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and we're going to wrap it up. Once again, this is Noche Galactica. I'm Puerto Galactico. And you are? Samuel. Young Samuel. Yes, so Sam. I'm Sam Seidel. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>